Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back, old school, top of the hour, last hour before we go into the weekend. Kenny Wilhite, Jay Foreman, Austin, brought to you by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese Special Ingredients and Butcher Shop, located at 84th and Havelock. Every type of meat, every type of cut. We appreciate the support. Uh, Strick and you guys had that summer sausage, so it was on and popping. Um, but we alluded to it at the end of the end of the uh, first hour. Uh, Nebraska had some uh, recruiting misses. Of uh, Hall of Fame, or at least one Hall of Fame player, one probably future Hall of Fame player, but some definitely high draft choices. Um, some by choice, I, I guess. Well, well, by choice, well, a lot by choice. Some by ignorance, right? <laughs> and some by uh, I won't say I won't use the word stupidity, but just not being that smart. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll, we'll go. Well, there's four of them. You got two, and I got two, right? Yeah. You. We'll go back and forth. Okay. You. I'll let you lead off. I'm gonna take the most recent one. Yeah. Well, there's actually two most recent ones. Okay. Well, you know, you know the Joe Burrows. Sure. But uh, no offense. Yep. No offense. I do remember that. Remember that. I, I trust me. I remember calling Mike Riley cold turkey because he because he was playing at uh, uh, Omaha South mm-hmm. uh, basketball. They won a state championship in. Uh, I was seeing him out there, and I, I, I liked to well, – first of all, like if he's a tight end, they were looking at him as a defensive end, right, only, yes. right? And I was like well, – the way I saw him rebound and then be explosive and then make guys miss in the, miss in the open court, and he was dunking on mm-hmm. cats. I remember calling him – I was like, look, dude. I, so, say, I said, hey. That, I, I, and here's the, and uh, Damon Benning was at 1620 at the time. Mm-hmm. And I would – Told him at light on I said, "Listen here, Nebraska doesn't get him." I said, "That dude's gonna go to Iowa and be a first round pick." And it, it's crazy because you 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 try to help him out, you try to help people out because you establish a relationship with recruits right. and their parents. And like you said, when you went on your visit or whoever goes on their visit, if you don't think you're gonna gel and mesh with that position coach, right, right then that's going to be a turnoff to you. Sure. But if you play a certain position and that's the position you want to play, you, your dad, and your brother wants you to play, you tell them, okay, we're going to play you there. Now, when we get you here. You can say, hey, what do you think about this position? There you go, yeah. right? So you, you playing the game. Right. So you tell these folks, do not put that man in, in the, the room, room with the, defensive, with the line. defensive line coach. Do not put that guy in the room. With the defensive line coach, and what do they do? They put him in, in there with the, in the room with the D line coach. Visit, hey, they just got to drive to Omaha. I had to get on a plane to drive back. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, and that that meeting probably lasted two minutes before they was done. Dad and brother comes out and say, "Hey, we need to talk to you." 
So we go, we talk, and I say, hey, bro, I told these dudes, do not put that man in the room with that guy. So they fumble. Yeah. That's and, the most recent one. Yeah, and that's the one that uh, – well, then he went to Iowa. Then he went to then, Iowa. And, and then he immediately – was destroying Nebraska yes. from right. Yes. I mean, he was marking Nebraska <laughs> from, the, from the time he got on campus. He must have. He must have been like Rocky, looking in there when he had the picture. The, the schedule it, up. It, yeah, had this good Nebraska. Yep. Nebraska, and he murdered Nebraska. Yes, and then he got his boy drafted first round too. Um, the one that I have, they're not recent. Um, I'll say the best one for last. Okay. Because okay? you got your best is for last, too. So the two Hall of Fame guys are last. The one guy that was All-American and r- was lock and step to come here because Nelson Barnes, who was the, um, the DN, coach, D- yep. DN coach at yep. the time, uh, was telling me about him, and he had recruited him. And Nelson Barnes could recruit decently yes. down in Texas. It was Cedric Benson who ended up going to University of Texas and being an All-American, and I think he was the number five pick, right, Austin? Was he number five pick of the Chicago Bears? Number Went number five? Cedric Benson was drafted. Come on, load. Uh, number four. Number four. Oh, well, even better. Even better. Yeah, yeah, he went number four to Chicago Bears. <laughs> and I remember talking to, to Nelson Barnes about him. And he was like, Jay, he's like, this kid, Cedric Benson, I've been knowing this kid since middle school. He doesn't want to go to Texas. He took, he turned down a visit to Texas A&M, and he's like, he hasn't even scheduled his visit to Texas. Came to Nebraska. Came to Nebraska. I said, I want to come here. And Nebraska slow played him. It was Frank, and they just said, thought that they were already set at running back. And it's like, you know, kind of. You know, I call Yankees chain a little bit, slow play. Mm-hmm. Then he goes back, and then he reluctantly decides to go to Texas. Reluctantly decides to go to Texas. Dominates down there. Probably put in work at on Nebraska and is drafted number four. Wow. Yeah. Again, recruiting, it's, it's, not, you're as, gonna, it's not as easy as you think right. because you're going to hit on some and you're going to miss on some. But the ones that are layups, you're right. You got to you got to take them. You got to take you them. You have to take them. You have to take those. So the one I'm gonna touch on is 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 uh, a. <laughs> so you go. back then Nebraska had a pipeline to Louisiana. To Louisiana, right? Neil right? Smith, Neil Smith, Leroy Etienne, <laughs> Leroy Etienne, Mickey, yep. David White, you know Tyrone Hughes. Yep. So the pipeline was already set, and you get a guy by the name of Marshall Falk. He, Marshall Falk told me about this at the Super Bowl, but go ahead. <laughs> you get a guy on your campus by the name of Marshall Falk. Right. Now, granted, you did have a lot of running backs at the time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you specifically tell this guy you can't play running back here. Have you seen our running back board? You, you're you not good enough to play running back right. here? You going to play DB? Yeah. You can play corner. You can play corner? That man said, take me back to my hotel room. Right. But I will say they, 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 San Diego State was the only one that said that he could play. That he can play running back. So Nebraska's not at not fault a, there. at fault there. But Nebraska at that time was running back. You shouldn't have made that type of monumental mistake, especially with him being from Louisiana, and he ended up, <laughs> he, ended up he ended up being a Super Bowl you know, champion, a Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer in the modern day dual threat uh, running doing back, back running back, and from his freshman year. At San Diego State. San Diego State. Oh, my God. Was, I used to stay up late watching him. Just to watch him. 
because they wore them all black, black, uniforms, black uniforms with the red. They were the ones with the all black uniforms and with the first. Black, yeah, with and, the, the, and the black, black socks, socks and the black cleats. All black they, everything. And then they yeah right. And then they would play at the Padre Stadium. Yeah. So you know dirt, I, dirt and grass. I was like, yeah, they, yeah. And he, and he was doing cats. Doing cats. He was must see TV. Must see TV. The guy I got is uh, a running back by the name of Jamal Lewis, who played for Tennessee, Tennessee. Baltimore Ravens, borderline Hall of Famer. Ran over, ran, rushed for over ten thousand yards. It's funny because I remember he came on his visit, and Coach Bowl at the time was a linebacker coach, and he was talking about, yeah, we got this, you know, um, Will linebacker came coming in. He run a four three, you know, he's already two ten, and I'm like. Nobody running no four three or two ten back then, and he he's this he's a running back. But we gonna we want him to play will linebacker, and so we get done with practice, and so you know you got him in, and you know this is when you got recruits in. So at the time, linebacker on our team, I think Eric Johnson was his host. So Jamal Lewis comes in, and you know he has his visit, <laughs> and I was like, "What's up, bro?" You know, you know, talking to him, and you know, just shooting the breeze with him. And he and I was like, well, what 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 are they saying? He's like, man, they telling me I only can play will linebacker. He's like, I ain't coming here and play. And I was like, why not? He's like, man, I don't like that coach, which is Coach Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm all, he's like, I'm either gonna go to Georgia, or Tennessee, or Alabama and play running back. He's like, I'm trying to get up out of here. I was like, man, just you trying to sell a place, but he's already. I said, hey, look, man, you just never know. I said, look, man, I came in was running back, ended up on defense. You come in on defense, you may end up running, running back. back. And he was like, nah. No. We wasn't buying it. He, for, he's like, he's like, I could play linebacker. Cause, uh, let me think. Jamal Lewis was yoked up. Oh, he So, he's like, I could play linebacker. He's like, but I ain't playing for him. And that was it. That was it. That, but you know the funny thing about it is? That next year, we played him in the national championship game. And we were tearing Tan- him up. We, didn't, hey, uh, didn't somebody – Ralph sliced him. Ralph went in there and gave him that chin or shin music. <laughs> and, he, and he fumbled – so, yep. so Ralph hit him, right? Because Ralph hit him low, and I was about to hit him high. He fumbled. Ruck, get, Ruck got the fumble recovery, mm-hmm. right? So I'm running over to celebrate. Ruck double back around and said, "Man, you should have came to <laughs> give it him to work. You should have gave came to the you know office up there." Wolfing. He sliced him. Yeah, but he was running that thing. He though. was running it, but yeah. Ralph made a a very very smart decision. Yes, he did. But you know that's the. But you know who his backup was. Yeah, Jamal Lewis at Tennessee. You know who his backup running back was? Who? Travis Henry. Oh Lord! From really? Cross Proof, Florida, ran for he he had broke the Emmett Smith state uh, rushing record in the state of Florida. Tennessee was loaded, and Sean, my boy Sean Bryson, not loaded enough. Yeah. Not loaded enough. Yeah, they weren't ready for this. Not but Sean Bryson was one of my best friends. Was fullback, and he was legit four three flat at fullback. But you know what? There in the recruiting is no direct science. And no. I'm gonna t- you want to hear a funny story about recruiting? And it, and it kind of like with me and Barry Alvarez. And it, it, but it has to do with my dad. So back then they didn't have obviously. It's yeah. It, it, they had unlimited visits or uh, recruiting, recruiting trips, trips, and they had I think unlimited scholarships back then. Yep. So my family and my dad's side of the family we're from Frederick, Maryland. Small little town east of Baltimore, west of like DC. So my dad was down there. So my dad in high school was a defensive tackle on a tight end. Oh yeah. Well in Miami he played like a tight end, like a wingback. He never played running back till he got to the league. 
So, he, but my dad was a world class athlete. You know, I was telling him like, man, well, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to be Randy Moss. I had to work too hard. You know what I'm saying? My mom was a good athlete. You, what happened? You know. But uh, well, anyways, so he went on a and he played a little bit of running back. You know, and back then it was three yards a club. But so he played everything back mm-hmm. then. So it was my dad, his best friend Ronnie Proctor, my uncle Blood, went up to Penn State with my grandfather. We call him Poppies. We call him Big Houston. Name's Houston. Big Houston went up to went up to Penn State. So they get up there, and I guess they they waiting around, and they you know, uh, Joe Paterno comes in there, and <laughs> with the and, black cleats on. You know, he comes in there and. Tells my dad he can't play run. You ain't good enough to play running back at Penn State, right? And if you you ain't if you knew my grandfather, he just he go from zero to hundred. He almost <laughs> he goes zero to hundred quick because he is that little army dude. Mm-hmm. He I guess he was wearing his little fedora hat. He was like, "What? Who the hell you think you talking to?" He just threw the hat down. He's like, "You don't know what you're talking about." So my so they had watched some tape. So my dad was like, "You trying to tell me I can't play behind that?" You know, and he had some explicit words. He's like, man, we out of here. He said they got out and just drove right back to Frederick. Oh, wow. The funny story about it is my dad ended up going to Miami, obviously, right? Dominic Rayola's dad and him were the f- part of the first class. Of 19- His dad were all roommates in 1968. Really? Reuben Carter, Burge, Joe, and all of them down breaking first when they integrate schools down south. Dad ended up doing well, you know, obviously. Then he's at some uh, award dinner in Baltimore. He got like off rookie of the year, mm-hmm. and he had the college awards there too. So Joe Paterno was there, and they mended fences there. Joe Paterno, him and my dad and Joe Paterno. Wow! But Penn State was a school to go to back then. Over Miami, I'm cool. yeah. of course, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, my dad went went to Miami just because he wanted to go down there and party. <laughs> he ain't know be, no different. He wanted to be on South Beach. Yeah, I mean, you from Maryland? He wanted to get out of town. I got you. My, they said my grandfather. My grandfather was like, "You sure you want to go the whole way down?" He's like, "We could turn around right now." My my, my grandfather was scared to leave him down there because back then you got things. Nineteen sixty eight. Yeah. So you leaving Maryland? Maryland to go down south? To go down south. Yeah, that, and, it, and it was only like four or five of them, like in the class. So, so that was that was the first. Nineteen sixty eight is when you could integrate. So that football class was the first class. First class, Burgess on my dad, Ruben Carter. They all, well, my dad and Ruben Carter are still good, really good friends. And Burgess is a little different right now. Wow. Yeah, but it's crazy recruiting. You just never know. You, you never know. Just never you know. Never know. You can get a five star kid. Just never know. And you can get on your campus and just stink to join up. Yeah. Or you know you, yeah. I mean, you. I mean, you could get. It's no different. Five star guys are no different than. First round pick misses. Yep. And there's two different types of misses. If you if a guy just has gets injured, that's just bad luck. That's just bad luck. Now if a guy that's a first round pick that can't play dead, that's a buck. That's like like when I went up against Aaron Gibson, that lineman from Wisconsin, remember he was the he was the second coming of Tony Mandridge. He was like, he's better than Tony Mandridge, because remember he could do the splits and mm-hmm. all that. Man, and remember he had that big old head, he had like an eight and a half thing, like size head. I mean, he was big. Couldn't bust a great. Slow. We, Nebraska just had a guy that can do the split at O line. He's that? no longer on the roster. Who was that? Hunter Anthony. You remember that? He was twerking though. This, this <laughs> dude was they were just talking about his 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 ability. Hunter man. Anthony put a split 
picture up on uh, Twitter. But oh, Aaron man. Aaron Gibson was destroying people in college, though. Um, another bust, Jamarcus Russell. Yeah. You know, for him, I think it was – I don't fault him. I fault the Raiders for drafting him because he never was a starter, though. Mm-mm. And he got picked because he threw the ball like 80 yards on his knees. On his knees. And then so Al Davis picked him. Like, I don't fault him for that. And then, okay, you picked him. He has a ton of talent. And then you have no structure for him. None. He was just buck wild. Buck wild. With no, with no accountability. So he he was set up for failure. Failure anyway. He didn't have any receivers out there. They weren't doing anything. And, for, and then on top of it, they didn't want to pay him. So they expected him to start as a rookie. And then he had to hold out like 75% of training camp. When you know what you have to pay this man, when you draft him number one. Yep. The dude last year got signed for X amount of dollars. You trying to offer him less than what the dude last year got? So yeah, he's the he's he's known as the biggest bust, but there's circumstances that hurt him. I always talk about with David Carr, right? Um, about, with him in Houston, I think David Carr could have been a really good professional quarterback, but at the time, and this is the thing that I guess if I had to do it all over again, you know, I got traded to Houston. I, I, if I had to do it all over again, and and it whatever is, I would have played, you know, play that one year, really do really well, and then leave. And the and, but I loved Houston, you know. That's kind of like where my career ascended, you know, notoriety and all that. But ultimately, being on a winning team will add years to your career. But number two, the way that they handled him, with the lack of veteran leadership around him, as far as teaching him how to be a pro. Right, first one in, last one to leave. The worst offensive line in NFL history gave up eighty-two sacks. Um, the first year didn't have a, a legitimate running back or receiver or number one receiver. Corey Bradford was a decent receiver, but not a true number one. He's probably number two, mm-hmm. right? That's it. So right there, he set up for failure. He went his whole. So essentially, we had Kent Graham, who was a ten-year veteran, came from the Giants. Cut him right away. He would have been great for for David to be in David's ear, even if David was starting, helping him become a pro. Tutoring him. Gone. So now David goes from, at that time, Fresno State, which was playing Mm -hmm. garbage out there, to the number one pick, to the starter, with no help around him, no competition, and getting hit, hit and sacked all the time. He was, he, he, he had... I don't know if you want to call it. <clears throat> I don't joke around with PTSD, but he had so many hits in that first couple of years. He would he he never. He, there's no way that he could have lived up his uh, lived up to his potential. You talking about Dave? Yeah, because you're getting hit so much, you're not even able to give get realistic reads. You know what I mean? And the, those two years of being punched and hit and all that that's all that's your normal. You know what I'm saying? So if you try to get somewhere, you're already skittish. And then he started to have some couple years, but then you know we got Andre and then Andre Johnson, who should be a Hall of Famer. I don't know how he gets keeping passed over, but then we get him. Then the offense starts to go a little bit. But then we had Dominic Davis, who came from LSU. Well, we overused him because he was a smaller back. He had knee issues coming out of college, but then he had a like a degenerative knee. He ran out of gas, and then 
as the offense started to go, Charlie Cashley wanted to keep his job, so he blew up the, you know one of the best defenses in the league. And then it just led to Dom Capers getting fired. But you know how how organizations handle these quarterbacks is huge. Whether it's the draft, whether it's the list that we had in the crossover, the guys that are successful have to have an organization around them that are smart and diligent. And the thing is, I don't understand why, like a team like Houston would would or, you know would ever do that. Charlie Cassidy was up there. He's been in Washington before. You you know right from wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't draft like Houston. You can't draft. You know if you get a chance to draft Bryce Young, you better you better start signing. You know, opening up that checkbook to get him some offensive firepower. Because if you don't, you just wasted that draft choice. Now you just set your franchise back five to ten years, and that's no different than Nebraska or a quarterback. If you you can have a quarterback, you got to make sure you develop the guys around him to make sure that he can play that position effectively, regardless of what his status is. Love it. You gotta you gotta have pieces. It, it's portable, it, yep. it, and that's you know what I'm gonna ask you in a second. Uh, big segment. We'll go to break. Is think about this. Why can't college coaches coach pros? I think pro coaches can coach in college because we've seen that. Why can't college coaches coach in the pros? I, I I I have my opinions. I want your opinion. When we come out of the break, we'll be right back. We're going to dig into that because I think that's an interesting conversation. Kenny Wilhite, Jay Foreman, we'll be back. 